up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Deitchman, and with me this week is... Trevor Bettis. That's right, and this week we'll be talking about Evan. Me! Yay! <laughs> Along with our second topic, DMing for strangers, as well as answering some listener questions at the end. Trevor, how were your games this week? They were cool, mainly because I got to play with this dude, Evan. Yeah. He's our guest. Super fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, so Evan is uh, the other DM for our bookstore game. Mm -hmm. uh, the one that started it all, in fact. Yeah, yeah we have him yeah. to thank for being professional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> our professionalism is thanks to you. <laughs> I, just, I just did what I could. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we did a going away party, and mm -hmm. I DM'd a game for you yeah. and a bunch of other people, and it was fucking awesome. It At least so I, cool. I think it was because I wrote it. <laughs> it was super fun. I enjoyed it a lot. I had a great time. Yeah, you turned into an ancient white dragon and fought a kraken underwater. Yeah, I grappled a kraken underwater, and it was fucking awesome. It was pretty it was, sweet. Yeah. I did not expect your turtle to rip off his shell and sprout giant white wings. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I got to, the best part of all is I got to use that walking statue water deep, quote unquote, mini. Yeah, I don't think it counts as a mini if it's over 12 inches tall. Yeah, that thing is huge and I love it. But yeah, mm -hmm. I finally got a chance to use that. Use the Kraken. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah a lot of people really made good. some ridiculous characters. Oh, we, and the puzzle part. Oh, the puzzle was amazing. You guys spent three, <laughs> or not, you just spent an hour on these three puzzles, and I loved it every was, minute it of it. so funny, because... <laughs> the moment that you just looked at me and said, yes, and I'm like, yes. oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, that was great. You drank a potion to make you lie. So, yeah, it was... Uh... And you drank it pretty much when no one was noticing. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't want the cure because it was too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, how are your games this week? Because you were in that game as well. I was. It was It was fun. Um, we were also level 20, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was probably important to mention. It was, it was fun to play. That's how a turtle turned into a dragon. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's a an important little mention. Turtle dragon. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, it, it, playing that kind of made me realize what kind of uh, player I am because no matter what I will do, I will always try to lean more support. Mm -hmm. I tried to be a striker dodge tank and I ended up supporting <laughs> the turtle dragon <laughs> instead. <laughs> it's true. It's true. If you have never come across a, a hasted ancient white dragon, um, I highly recommend. It's a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 wood <laughs> dragon again. <laughs> yep. Um, that was that was such a fun experience, and always doing a level twenty one shot is always such a great thing. Yeah. Um, for my regular weekly game, it was uh, part three of the <laughs> post -ba boss battle. Good God, you've had three games of I know, post -game. and it's Jeez. it's mostly because a lot of it was out of character and just literal just talking about what they wanted to do next and that was like partly in character mostly out of character but then i feel like you guys could have these conversations outside of the game <laughs> i know um but then like they also sold a ton of magic stuff that they got from said bad guys horde mm -hmm. and it was like really neat and it's like even though they have a ton of money right now i honestly don't feel like as if they have too much i feel like it's fine I don't care. <laughs> They're yeah. all like, hey, let's just have this magic item just in case. And I'm like, yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> Honestly, most adventures will have like enough money to topple an entire economy. So oh, yeah. it's like, it's cool if they want to just hang on to it and not do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Waterdeep in a deficit? Because these four fuckers <laughs> have all of our money. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's something that we joke about a lot, where it's like, oh man, and we just found 10 gold. We can retire, guys, <laughs> technically. <laughs> we don't have to work for another, like, three weeks. <laughs> yeah, the, like our, our Pathfinder game 
we get like, oh, and you find something that's worth 4,000 gold. And we're like, eh, all right, whatever. Yeah. It's cool. like, oh, my God. <laughs> 4,000 yeah, gold. Yeah, because we, we have, <laughs> God, I think our characters have 98,000 gold, and that's after recently spending it on yeah. magic items. And it was hilarious <laughs> coming in the middle of that campaign, and Spencer and I are all like, oh, we have uh, 48 gold. Yeah. I'm like, don't worry, I got you. It's like, okay. <laughs> But um, yeah, it, that was it was. I'm very excited about what's next because they finally told me, and I'm like, I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm a little apprehensive because it's all on me now. I'm no longer doing yeah. a book. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm excited oh, about it. That's the fun part, though. <laughs> yeah. I think is yeah. like even with if I were to do, I've never done a module, but even if I were to do a module, I would still just have to be able to make it tweak some things to make it my own because it's fun well, so much for yeah. that question about uh, homebrew or campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Check that off. <laughs> But, um, and Evan, you just did the one game, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my normal game has been on pause for a while, as I've just been, like, people have been going to college, and I'm doing my own thing, and life is just crazy. Are you guys going to uh, keep up that game, like, when you move? That's the plan. Sweet! Um, what are you guys using? We we do, we use 5e, um, but it's... Well, no, I mean, like, are you going to just do it on Skype, or oh, okay. Fantasy Grounds? Yeah, so we'll probably do, uh, like, a combination of Discord and World 20 okay yeah that works yeah yeah we use discord for our buddy that just moved to tennessee and it's been working out really well so far yeah i've i've done discord for stuff before and it just works really well Mm -hmm. um so that's probably what we'll do there but yeah i'm looking forward to it nice wonderful getting towards the act act three of act one (laughs) one. (laughs) (laughs) i I was a little too uh, ambitious when i first like came up with like the general structure of the game and it uh uh it's been going really well. My players are awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not just saying that because you know they're going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> if you are listening, you're all going to die. <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> Pro tip. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move over into some news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avernus is out. Yay! I have all the Avernus stuff at this table. <laughs> Quite literally every every bit of it. <laughs> so let, let, let's see. So the book came out. Got mm-hmm. the book right here. Uh, how many copies of the book do you have, Trevor? I only have two, I only have one now. Oh, okay. Got, yeah, the other, the other one. The other one found another one. The other one found another one. Uh, Allie and I both got the uh, the special game store yes. awesome edition by Hydro sixty four. Yeah, so no, cool. I, I, I was Hydro, going to get the other one, but Hydro is just like really good. Hydro, I know you've liked some of our tweets. If you're listening, some miraculous way, fucking love your artwork. It's so good. It's so <laughs> pretty. It's epic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the book came out. Minis came out, which I have somewhere. Uh, I don't have all of them. Oh, important note. Uh, Gale Force Nine is doing models of very important characters for these for this campaign. Really, they're very pretty. Ooh. I can't wait. Uh, the other thing that is, they made a giant war machine, which I also bought because I'm a whore. <laughs> uh, I, in fact, told my players already. I'm like, yeah, this is just gonna sit in the middle of the table while we're playing, <laughs> mm-hmm. even if you're not in Avernus yet. It's just to let you know we're getting into some Mad Max shit. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Set the tone, and then also a <laughs> dice set came out. It's it is an, so pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's a freaking beautiful box. It's got felt on the inside, so you can actually have like a dice tray. Yeah, I was not mm-hmm. expecting an actual like dice tray out of this because recently all the boxes have been like metal tins with like odd shape on mm-hmm. the front, so you can't roll in them. Yeah, and then and, they did this. <laughs> and uh, it also came with some like artwork as well as a map. Mm-hmm. Like, oh well. And dice, yeah, yeah. also dice, also dice, and the dice got like a slightly different font from the normal ones. Doesn't have a symbol on it, which makes me slightly Aww. sad. But you know, 
That's what you got. And it came out, well, today as of recording, but for you guys that are listening on Tuesday, so go freaking pick it up because it's awesome. Yeah, it's really really pretty. We're going to take a little bit and talk about Avernus. Uh, We're going to do some preview thoughts. These are going to be spoiler-free, and they're kind of just our first impressions. Obviously, we'll do a review of it at a future date and see where it ranks. Yeah, no worries if you're just going to be a player or a DM. This won't be... Nah. getting into it at all we're just gonna be talking about the and then itself. they all died <laughs> <laughs> it's canon <laughs> so let, 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 let's start off with the the most noticeable thing about this book the artwork on almost or not almost on every page is fucking gorgeous I'm yeah blown away yeah. by everything and then it looks like they brought back um oh, what was his name for the maps oh uh dyson logos yeah dyson logos so i know some people don't like dyson's art because it is very minimalistic for the for the maps, um, I love it. I think it's great, and it also makes it a lot easier to draw on a map for players. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes it easier just to like get the gist of what's going on and where everything is, as opposed to like, whereas like a more a less minimalistic map would be cool to like look at and see how things are supposed to be structured. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it also makes it's me easier. think. It makes me think of like the old like first edition books where it just had those blue maps that were just on grids where it made it feel like it was out of math tech book textbook yeah exactly yeah. but this one like it's like that but it's way stylized, more stylized. Yeah. yeah and the cross hatching is always beautiful yeah <laughs> um absolutely yeah but they they have artwork of characters and just landscapes as you go through it and what's really nice about it so far with the exception of a few pages very just non-spoilery stuff you you'll see shit like you see this page. Yeah. You don't know what any of that means. No, but it's fucking awesome. It's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know what it means because I read some of the book, but I'm like, oh, yeah, you can just look through this and it's fine. And then there's an abyssal chicken. I want 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, <laughs> that's some Mad Max. This is great for an audio podcast, by the way. Um, but, yeah, there's some Mad Max stuff in here. It's absurd and I love it. Um, and it's like the book itself, too, also has a tint to it, like a... Uh, an ombre is that what right when it fades from like yeah. one color to another so it's like the top is pure white but then the bottom as you get lower it gets into like this kind of sickly pink I at the did, bottom i That's did cool. look through some of the books at the bookstore and it might be worth checking before you buy yours that one had like pink pages Ooh. so the tinting wasn't quite right when it got printed mm. and i'm like oh doesn't look very good but on the other hand if you like pink pages hey you know hey yeah hey you do you check before you buy right <laughs> <laughs> something i will say something when that i'm noticing <laughs> um as i'm flipping through this book literally like probably for the second time there's stat blocks everywhere yeah i don't know if i like that or not yeah well, I, I definitely like, do i think we were gonna be you mentioned that the way that this was kind of set up was going to be more uh, linear yeah. than some of the other campaigns. And so the fact that it is kind of the stat blocks are as you go might make more sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, I like, so, it, yeah, I like that so much better. That way I don't have to like keep flipping back and forth. Through that's the book true. Make sticky notes. Like, yeah. It's all there if I need it. That is true. And, and the, the stat blocks are unique to it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's here's a stat block for a goblin. Like yeah. you, you mm-hmm. have that. So like if it's I think it's if it's a new character and it's there's an encounter for that page, they put the stat block in it. For me, I always just like the clean page with like just the bold text for the bad guys. Yeah. Like I don't mind flipping back and forth, but I also think like I now I use my phone for monsters. Like I, I just that. have it right there. Um 
and seeing the stat blocks in the actual book makes me think of fourth edition Okay. And that just make, yeah. kind of makes you go, oh, no. <laughs> so I just checked something. So they do have the Appendix D creatures area. Yes, they do. It's very um, small. It's because the creature stat blocks that are throughout the book are not in this section. Yes. Because I just found one that's very notable and very like recognizable. And then I looked to that section and it is missing. So it's like, all right. So if you want like that creature stat block for some reason when you're not at that point in the story you're gonna have to try to find it in that chapter yeah there, there's also some nasty <laughs> people that's that's a very nasty man I many of that oh god <laughs> <laughs> listener you can buy the book and try and figure out which creature almost made evan vomit oh my god they have a menu in here yes oh dude that's that's so cool. They have uh, it in Infernal oh and in Common. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the very back of the book actually awesome. has Infernal script. Uh, so you can write out messages if you're calligraphy inclined. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, also does <laughs> come with a, definitely am. Uh, also comes out with a fold-out map. Uh, one side has a kind of spoiler on it. The other side has a Vernus on it. And if it's, you think Avernus is a spoiler, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's really pretty. I mean, like, I always appreciate when books come with maps. Yeah. Still sad that Storking's Thunder didn't come with the map. Yeah. Because that yeah. would have when you perfectly used a map. But nope, it's okay. <laughs> um... I will say something that's probably my favorite thing is that they have the concept art section in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. And it's like, it doesn't really have too much spoilers in there either. It's like, it just shows you, here's some really cool, this thing is super nasty. It's like this lizard that doesn't have any arms, just has legs that go backwards. And it's like this maw with like 18 tongues. It's super gross, but it's so cool. It looks like the thing out of Shin Godzilla. I see. And it's like, if Godzilla, if like that thing out of there met with the thing. Yeah. That's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> I see. My first thought when I saw it was uh, the pig lizard in Galaxy Quest that's get that gets teleported oh, yeah. and turned inside out. Just, <laughs> and it's like it's super cool how they have the concept art section because and yeah. they also so, credit everybody too. So far, Evan's great. review of this book, vomit out of vomit, would vomit again. <laughs> but it's, would but, vomit again. but see, that's a credit to like how good the art is because that's what, kind of what they were going for. Yeah, and they yeah. fucking nailed it. That so. was. That, that's the exact feel yeah. they wanted. <laughs> yeah. Nasty man. <laughs> and it's just so gorgeous because they have everything from like character concept art to vehicle concept art, which mm-hmm. is a crazy thing to say in D&D, yeah. and right. to just landscape <laughs> concept too, which is gorgeous. Like yeah. I would love some actual like computer full res yeah. wallpaper kind oh, of yeah. style of these concept arts because they're really pretty. I would, I would absolutely hang up any pick out anything in there except for the mm. last two things I almost threw up <laughs> <laughs> as uh, framed uh, yeah. posters and hang out I mean house. like Absolutely. these these artists did a really good job of making hell look real pretty yep <laughs> um so uh really another cool part of this book is uh much like the water deep uh book it had the the back section that was all about Waterdeep. Like, mm-hmm. it was written by Volo and explained all the things about Waterdeep and everything. They actually have that for Baldur's Gate. It is the Baldur's Ooh. Gate Gazetteer. Oh. And that back section is all about the the city and the surrounding area history you need to know, as well as uh, some dark secrets for your players. Ooh. That is a new thing, yeah, uh, where it's kind of like a group kind of tag in there yeah so each so each player at the beginning is going to get a dark secret oh that's so cool and you can decide whether uh you your character knows it 
or if your character knows it but the party doesn't or if everybody knows mm-hmm. it you can decide on stuff like that um and it's gonna add something a little extra to play around with while you're in avernus yeah yeah so that's epic. yeah it's gonna be pretty neat that. um the other thing i wanted to mention is that this book is laid out a lot more linearly than like the, the past four books yeah that have been out. yeah like uh dragon heist was like all right you're in the town you do a thing you got a place all right good luck for about 10 days yeah we'll see you back here in a little while (laughs) all right you're back all right cool depending on what uh villain your dm picked we're gonna be doing this stuff Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like there was some bit of linearness to it but um waterdeep felt a lot more open yeah this book is laid out in boom 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 like this is where you start here's your next step here's your next step here's your next step yeah and i think you can go in a, like you can do them in different orders but the way the book is laid out is that way and i am kind of worried about that because unlike say strahd or uh storm king's thunder when you get to avernus it's not like okay here's a map here's a letter that connects it to that here are all of the locations in that order yeah it is it gives you the Avernus locations in story order. Yeah. So it's a little worrying, but I'm going to see how that is once I actually get to it. Yeah. This is probably going to be one of those books where you're going to want to read like definitely ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is one nice thing about it being actually linear more so than before is that you can read ahead and you can be more prepared than before. Yeah. It's like, Oh, uh, you have about a hundred options of where you want to go. What do you guys want to do? And then they choose option 45 and you weren't expecting that. You only so got the 32. You're like, yeah. okay, guys, give me like five minutes to read this section over. And then, you know, you go from there. That or, happened in our Strahd game. Exactly. Oh. Where it's like, if this more linear options kind of gives you like an idea of what's coming up next as a DM. And that can be really nice. Yeah. And it, in, in that aspect of knowing what's coming next, it, I'm just, just going to give you a professional segue here. Um, <laughs> you can pay me later. Um, it's something, like uh, yeah, a game, uh, a, an adventure that's set up with this type of linearity is great for um, playing with strangers. So, mm-hmm. so like, because you're not like a, you might not be a cohesive group mm-hmm. at the time, but you know what's coming next. You know uh, the branching things that are going on, um, and uh, while sandbox is uh, very very handy to have and a lot more fun in my opinion mm-hmm. um if you're playing with people that you don't know yet and you're trying to get the vibe and uh just the way things go a linear adventure might uh be more conducive to that especially yeah. one that looks this pretty yeah. yeah i mean especially not to mention time too mm-hmm. because i just yeah. mentioned it took us three sessions to figure out where we're going next yeah whereas this well they already know what's where they're going next so it's like well you know where they're going next so yeah. there's no real sitting around and talking about what you want to do you yeah. just do it. <laughs> just do it. Do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that was like kind of all the stuff that I had about flipping through this book for the last week or so. Yeah. Um, I am slowly reading through it. The opening part of it, I'm changing, but I mean, it, it is up to the DM that reads this to decide if that's what they're going to go with. Yeah. Um, personally, I didn't quite so like it. You're judging. I'm not. No, that's I'm not. What you shouldn't go with. I'm not judging. <laughs> you do you. Um, no. Um, I personally, for me, didn't like the way it opens and how it introduces the players into the story. So I'm going to change it a bit to 
fit what what we're doing. Also, this is going to be my first evil campaign. Mm. Oh yeah, you're doing the Suicide Squad. I'm doing a Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, yeah, that's going to be cool. Be <laughs> I figure I'm like, hey, if uh, I'm sending them to a place that's going to play with dark past. I'm make sure they got a dark freaking yeah. past. <laughs> yeah. I've literally told them, like, design a superhero, or a supervillain at level one. Oh, that's awesome. Like, I don't care if you have an outfit. I don't care if you want to look just nasty. Like, we'll make it work. <laughs> don't worry about it. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that. Uh, but that is all the thoughts that I got on uh, Descend Over. Mm-hmm. You got anything to add? No, nope. shared them all. Evan, you haven't read the book yet. You nope. Know, so, uh, looks pretty. It looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next we're going to uh, do a quick dungeon keeping last week's episode we talked about video games and I said that the Baldur's Gate releases were happening on September 27th they're actually happening on October 15th as I was disappointingly mm-hmm. informed by my Nintendo Switch's eShop yeah <laughs> I mean like glad that they're taking the time that they need to make changes and all that and not hard pressing their <laughs> people to just do it on time anyways mm-hmm. but sad that's going to be later yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, look for that one next month early on and well, I guess dead center (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, and play some Baldur's Gatey goodness or maybe to tie into a Baldur's Gate campaign that may have just come out that we just spent 20 minutes talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And get ready for that Baldur's Gate three. Yeah. Okay. Topic number one. Yes. Evan. Evan. Me. You. <laughs> tell you what, what turn, turn a little bit, we'll, we'll talk into the mic. This, this is just straight, this, this is, is you. for you. This is for you. So. Yes. <laughs> Hang on. I have to adjust myself here for a moment. <laughs> All right. So, um, we, this, you're actually the first guest we've had on in this, yeah. in this format. Episode zero, uh, when we, when Allie wasn't even a part of this yet, we had, you know, Dusty and my wife Tara on, but this, you're the first guest in this current format i can't say new that'd be like saying next gen about four years into its life cycle um but i wanted to do something similar to what i did with with when tara was on yeah uh and ali you haven't actually answered these either so so if you (laughs) want to answer some of these yeah i think that'd be fun please do so i i will be your question (laughs) asker person words interviewer <laughs> oh yeah that's right that's what that is huh. is interviewer up there yeah i worry about my books i write sometimes uh, <laughs> it's what editing is yeah, for it's, it's fine yeah, yeah 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 all right so uh the way we're gonna do this is i have a list of questions that i got asked at the beginning of the show and it was dungeon driver and i was driving in my car very loudly and tara didn't like that i was recording a show while i drove <laughs> so i'm gonna ask you all as well so let's sure. start off with the first one. The don't fir- drive distracted. Be safe. Yeah, exactly. If you're mm. listening to this in your car, stop it. No, don't. No, um, wait. <laughs> drive safe. Yes, that one. Use your blinker. Yep. Oh, please, oh, God. Yes. Please. If you... If Joe Schmo, I see you there. You're sitting in your BMW. You turn on that blinker. <laughs> All right, so... First question that I still can't uh, believe is the first episode on our freaking timeline. What is your what are your three favorite spells? <laughs> Fireball. Fireball. <laughs> um, that's a great question. Best of all listeners, I did not ask him these previously. Yeah, no, no. These are all fresh. No, this is all this is all uh, cold turkey, and I am uh, I'm in the STEM field of what I study, so I think about shit a lot. <laughs> so this is just me stalling for time. That's um, perfect, yeah. No, that gives me more time to figure out what oh, I'm going to no. say. No, dang it, I was going to throw it to you. 
Um, well, I can go if you want more time. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, to be honest, probably my favorite spell, both as a DM and as a player, is Misty Step. Yeah. Like, of all time. Um, and I would also include variations of Misty Step, like Thunder Step at higher levels oh, is yeah, so much yeah. fun. It's like, oh, hey, you want to leave this area? Grab someone with you and deal damage when you're leaving. Yeah, Thunderstep is great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the Flash. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and I've done that. I've ax- I've I've killed a player <laughs> with Thunderstep before, and it was so just scary because I'm all like, oh, this is what he would do. He's a wizard man. He would just go away. <laughs> he was being surrounded, and I did. But Misty Step is such a great way because it throws off the players as a DM. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's like if you want to incorporate movement into a battle if you want to surprise your characters give the villain misty step if they, you really they, want to surprise your players give a tyrannosaurus rex misty step <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you this they don't expect that <laughs> dude that's epic yeah, yeah it's like oh yeah they, they're 30 feet away from me they already moved up 30 feet they can't move up anymore it's gonna be fine and then all of a sudden they move they teleport right mm-hmm. next to you like something straight out of nightcrawler it's like oh <laughs> okay and Some all of a sudden you just instill panic or it's like oh yeah no the wizard is 40 feet away it's no problem the the big bad is surrounded by all our fighters and then all of a sudden he misty steps out of there and is in the wizard's face yeah in your face scary but fun yeah 100% fun also fun as a player <laughs> because it's like oh god I need to get up to that one place and there's literally no way for me to get up on that roof I'm going to just use Misty Step because I'm a magic user and I don't care if I use up a spell slot. <laughs> and I can do that. It's just, yeah. So, so what, what, what would you say is your second favorite? Mm, I would probably say <laughs> it's a cantrip. It, That's fine. It's it spells like, a spell. Yeah, it's um, Green Flame Blade. Yeah. Green Flame! Green Flame! <laughs> Because uh, I actually did it on Sunday. Yeah, you did. And both Evan and I are just green flames. <laughs> it, it was ridiculous. Yeah, because it's like, okay, you it's it's a cantrip, but you do a melee attack with it. Mm-hmm. And that is just so cool. And so the fun part about it as a DM, too, is that players constantly forget that you can counterspell that. And they're not allowed to melee attack. <laughs> if you counterspell it, they can't make that melee attack with it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so you pretty much stop them in their tracks. <laughs> I yeah. did that in the last big bad with the rogue, and the rogue was all like, I'm gonna green flame blade. It's like, or did you? <laughs> <laughs> you thought. <laughs> um, but as far as third favorite spell, ooh, I'm not sure. Probably some bard spell. <laughs> some bard shit. Fairy fire. Oh, there you go. That's a good one. I've used fairy fire since the very beginning, since I started 5e, and it's pr- if I have a chance to learn it as a character... I learn it. Nothing is more satisfying than, like, fairy firing something invisible. It, the Displacer Beast. The first time I yeah. used it, it was like I was Gwen, and I was in your campaign, Trevor, and I was like, uh, oh, it's invisible. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to use Fairy Fire. And this Displacer Beast just completely failed the deck save, and we got to see it for the whole time, rendering its invisibility useless, and it was great. That was the dream session we did where you guys fought a Tarrasque at the end <laughs> as giant, like, robot people yeah, at B- Baldur's cool. Gate. <laughs> what? I get crazy sometimes <laughs> when I'm doing shit on the fly. Apparently. Yeah. But, and, and so it's like, I pretty much just have fairy fire in every character, because giving everyone advantage is such a nice thing. Yeah. It's such a support spell. <laughs> 
Well, Evan, did you I, have time I, to think of yours? Yes. There you go. Yes. Um, <laughs> so my favorite spell um, would probably have to be uh, scrying. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mainly because in the campaign that I've been doing for roughly the past two years, um, I have a group of villains who are want these things, right? Mm -hmm. And the players get in the way of that. And have consistently gotten to the way of that. They knew who they knew who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and since like level three or five, some somewhere in there, these bad guys have been consistently scrying on each of the players. Oh, that's and they're fun. like they're like level thirteen, eleven to thirteen at this point. Um, and they the players hadn't figured it out. So this whole time, the villains, the big bad, has been keeping tabs on what the players are doing, <laughs> how to get in the way. Um, how to surprise them and outmaneuver them and everything this whole time and mm -hmm. it's just such a good spell like if if your players um uh just don't make those saves or anything like that it's it's a great way to just let your villains get a little bit of an upper hand mm -hmm. and just like just to like get the get the blade in there and <laughs> twist it a little you know oh yeah um it's great um so what's your second second uh is probably in the light of the of the game that you ran for me, Trevor, uh, any like shape changing spell <laughs> like shape be, change? Polymorph is a big one. Yeah, <laughs> nobody brought polymorph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, polymorph or shape change is just too valuable. Um, whether you're using it on yourself, an ally, or an enemy, mm -hmm. um, it's just epic. It's, it's too good. I mean, like I tried to polymorph the kraken into a crab. <laughs> yeah. You did. You did. <laughs> And you shape change to do an ancient right dragon, so it's yeah. like there's so many possibilities with those kind of spells. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and your third, third is probably is it might be a little controversial, but uh, counter spell. Oh, that's not like, controversial at all. Oh, that's a great oh, yeah. spell. It's, it's a great spell, but yeah. I know a lot of people have like issues with it because they're like, oh, it breaks the game or it makes it not fun. And like, but no, no if if you have um, any type of spellcaster who's like competent in what they do and and uh, knows the way that magic works. They're gonna know ways to sort of glance off like magical attacks or effects or that oh, sort yeah. of thing, you know, um, to do exactly what the spell's namesake is—a counter mm -hmm. spell. Yeah. So I think it's um, incredibly valuable and also just a great thing to have, like, uh, in that tense moment of the last fight with the big bad, and he's throwing like a finger of death at you or something like that, and you mm -hmm. just nope, and you and you succeed on that. It's just yeah. a great moment. With that fight with Valindra that we just that had on the fly, um, mm -hmm. we had my bard in the group. She counterspelled Valindra like four times in a row. Yeah, and she kept her from banishing people. She kept her from killing people outright. She kept her from just. She saved people multiple times with just the simplicity of counterspell. Yep. It's definitely a worthwhile spell. I love it too. <laughs> something that's uh, to really annoy your players as a DM. Uh, just give your big bad like one or two guys whose only job, their only spellcasting job, <laughs> is to counter spell. Oh my god! I okay, never thought about that, and now I have to do that. I am so sorry, Spencer. I don't know. About that. <laughs> they just, they just and they're sedentary. They're in like plate armor, and they have like their fifth level spellcasters or something like that, and they just counter spell all day every day, and <laughs> that's it. I. Love that. Yeah. Just for the idea of what I'm doing next, yeah. that's great. Yeah, do it. <laughs> um, honorable mentions, any of the power word spells, and then <laughs> Firestorm. Um, all right. Uh, next question. Yep. Why do you like DMing? Oh Why boy. is that what you do? Oh, boy. Um, well, for, 
start it off because no one else will do it. <laughs> um, uh, but I started DMing because uh, I was I was playing Pathfinder at the time. That's how I was introduced to our tabletop RPGs. Um, and my DM at the time was wonderful. She was uh, just absolutely crazy uh, in like in terms of like her characters and what she did and like how she role played them and everything. And I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. I want to do that. <laughs> and I got into Critical Role. Um, and obviously Matt is stupendous in mm-hmm. his performance. Yeah. Um, all the time, every time. Um, so I was like, okay, well, what I want to do that too. Like, I want to be able to provide that uh, creativity to the table, and I want to be able to uh, host my friends and spend time with my friends and all that. Um, and I DM now, so partly because I want to show people how easy it can be, so that we get more DMs, um, and it's really, really fun. It's an amazing creative outlet. Um, from I do like all my own monologue writing which I'm sure all, every, every DM does um, I do write monologues I write histories I write uh, like uh, story recaps I write uh, backgrounds for villains and NPCs that don't even come into the game yeah. oh yeah um, <laughs> yeah um, I uh, compose playlists for uh, specific moments or specific monologues that I'm writing or yep. specific anything yeah um, the, the monologue writing that's pretty crazy like i yeah. i don't do that i yeah. i don't i haven't i used to write out stuff like that and now i do it all on the fly that's kudos to you yeah <laughs> no but like the the like doing the monologue writing is that's that's pretty cool and then having stuff set up to go with it music yeah. wise that's pretty sweet yeah mm-hmm. it, it it allows me to create an entire atmosphere or an entire mood of what i want the players to feel and that's what i think really draws me to it is I can bring players into this immersive experience um, more than more so than like a movie or mm-hmm. a video game oh, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, Ali, real quick, what is your reason for DMing? Well, <laughs> I I am quite a creative person, but uh, every time I've tried a creative outlet, it seems to kind of just flop, or I stop doing it after a little bit, or I don't have the motivation to keep on it. And the only exception has been. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really helps knowing that I have something this time next week that I have to be ready for to keep it up and it going. It's kind of like a deadline. Yeah. 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 Um, but it is this huge creative outlet to where it's like, I, I do a lot of similar things. Like yeah. I put together, like I have, I think like 14 playlists on my phone of the different <laughs> yeah. moods of sets. Like I want to do, it's yeah. like, oh, I want a spooky playlist. I have a spooky playlist. It's like, oh, I have a city playlist. I have a tavern. I've got all of that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I can do all that because I've set it up and then it's like figuring out these villains and like mm-hmm. their, their motivations and their backstories. And I've created so many NPCs where I have backstories. And so far yeah. I've only been able to reveal one because <laughs> it was just a natural, like, why are you in this? And I'm all like, you're wait, you're asking an NPC why they're in this. I have the answer. Yes, finally. <laughs> that, that ties into a listener question we might be doing later. So, And it was like really neat about, just being able to have that creative outlet and the fact that all my friends are able to do this with me because like I've told them before where D&D is like the one medium where the consumers are also the creators yeah and so I'm not just doing this alone I'm also doing this with my friends all at the same time and I get to have fun doing it okay yeah that I I like those are both great answers. Yeah, I Good think that's better than my job, I think that's better than my fifteen minute episode <laughs> I did about it. So, um, all right. So the next question I got. So like, what would be your like 
quick advice on prep. Like if someone was just like, hey, I've got, just give me this real quick. I'm out the door, but I'm going to go prep some D&D. What is your go-to advice on prep? Um, see, uh, it's a little, a little complicated for me because sometimes I'll just wing it. And then other times I'll have this entire thing planned out. Yeah, I know. Um, like I, I yeah. in, in the in the break room at the bookstore, yeah. I have seen two modes of you, like yeah. with a detailed spiral notebook of every room and every like yeah. monologue the bad guy says. And then other ones, you're like, yeah, I didn't prep this week. I'm just gonna wing it when I get just to the go. table. Just gonna go. I'm yeah. like, but you said you were gonna do a puzzle room. Yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> There's no in between. Um, I would say. Um, Try to have a good idea of uh, what your players are gonna try to get into. Like after the previous week's game, um, try to talk to them after that game or throughout the week um, or whatever time span you have in between, and be like, "Hey, what?" Just in general, give me like bullet points of what you guys want to do, and then from there, I typically do the story recap, and then I'll do um, uh, a list of NPCs, so friends, foes, and neutral. And I'll just list those out real quick in bullet points. And then I'll have like loot uh, pinned up. So that way you have people that you can throw in. You have places that you can throw in. You can give rewards to. I, so like last second. I really like that uh, asking the players like what they want to do next turn. Yeah. Or next turn, like next session. That's a really good one. Yeah, I yeah. like that too. Because most of the time I'm just sitting here trying to assume what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's uh, what can get you but into some trouble. Knowing my Golden Pals group, I could ask them what they were going to do. They could tell me something and they're fucking lying the next week. <laughs> Like, oh, uh, you guys said that you were going to go do this thing. Yeah, nah, I think we're going to do this now. I don't really feel like doing that one. Oh, I love them. Allie, what, what is your, like, quick out-the-door prep advice? Um, if you're planning on having encounters, uh, index cards are your best friends. Uh, write down the important stat numbers for monsters, just that way you don't have to flip through four different books when you're trying to juggle one encounter by itself. Um so just easily jot down important like the ability scores and the actions they can do. That's what I do. Um, but that's if you're if you're planning on fighting. If you're not planning on fighting, actually something similar to you where it's like just jot out a list of the NPCs that you know are in the area that they're going to be in yeah. because then you have an idea and you don't have to improvise on the spot about like oh what was this person <laughs> that yeah. they that they could possibly run into and then you could actually use that to easily foreshadow something in the next time too because being able to have like your planned information ahead like in front of you like on sticky notes or index cards is so helpful yeah because i mean trevor you basically run games off of sticky notes right yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i would definitely recommend having like at least two pads of sticky notes just somewhere behind the dm screen and then just sticking them wherever you need so you have something in front of you um sunday's game was two sticky notes long mm -hmm. one of them was yeah. the entire adventure the other one was just <laughs> potions crap <laughs> it's also helpful That's because great. uh sticky notes are great for your players because if you have like, like a you, note and like you, you want to pass them to it, you could just easily, boop, there you go. Like if yep. somebody drinks a potion that makes them lying, you don't want everyone to know. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. It's <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely like just index cards, smaller pieces of paper that are easily movable. So yes. that way you can easily handle your station. <laughs> yeah. Bring your phone. Yeah. When you two aren't DMing for unknown amounts of people that are going to enter a bookstore, <laughs> what is your ideal party size to DM for? Oh, easy. Or even play in? Easy. Um, 
I my golden number is five. Okay. Um, I will. I've DM'd for one. I've DM'd for anywhere between one and fifteen. I think. Yep. <laughs> I remember this conversation. You beat me by three. <laughs> I, I don't recommend DMing for fifteen if you can avoid it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, five five is my golden number. It's uh, you have pretty much all the bases covered, um, and it's a good amount of people. So if a couple people are like they kind of jive more together, you still have three more people who can like do their own thing um, yeah. and sort of get like a good mix of uh, personalities and that sort of thing in interactions. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I personally agree. Because right now I run a couple different games. One of them is one, two, three, four. Yeah, one of them is five people and one of them is four people. Um, and the four person is really nice time-wise because, like, the, the encounters, are they go by quick, real yeah. fast. Because everyone, like, oh, it's going to be my turn in literally, like, four minutes. I mm -hmm. need to know what's going on. Whereas, like, in a five-person game, that can change drastically. Yeah. However, when it comes to everything outside of encounters, or at least combat encounters... It's like having that fifth person in there makes a world of difference because suddenly this like four person, very small group feels like, oh, there's now a group as opposed to just four people. Yeah. Um, and so that can make a huge difference when it comes to role play too. Mm -hmm. So I'd agree. I think five is like a good golden number. And if you don't have five, that's totally cool. Like D&D &D is, is amazing because you don't have to have like a ton of people. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You could just play with one person, you and your buddy. Especially uh, with the essential schedule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be like a, you don't need to find a huge group of people. You mm -hmm. just need to find uh, someone who is willing to be ridiculous with you. Yeah. <laughs> really. Find it's people that'll be right? ridiculous with you. <laughs> Keep those people around. They're the, they're the best people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, how important do you find knowing every rule to be as a DM? <laughs> Uh, for me, it's uh, important to know the basics of what's going on, but like I'm not someone who needs to know like the hard and fast of every single rule. Um, I the way I typically run games is for uh, fun and expediency, and if I don't know something off the top of my head or it would take too long to look it up, um, I'll just make a ruling and go with that and i'll look it up later and we'll fix that i like that um and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell the player like i don't know this so we're just gonna do yeah, this yeah, right yeah. now <laughs> be upfront about it yeah. for sure yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that when i have something different later they're not like wait but you said last time this whole mm, thing that's uh, exactly that's what players yeah. sound like as a heads up evans <laughs> players that's not how i think you sound <laughs> no i love you all um but yeah so when i when i first started playing the running the campaign that i'm doing uh, I was in Pathfinder, um, then we switched over to 5th edition later on, um, and I, throughout the entire like first year of the campaign, which was in Pathfinder, I didn't have any of the books or anything, I really just sort of went with what I found on the internet, and what, mm -hmm. what I found worked for me and my group, and that's kind of the what I did with 5th edition too, is I found stuff on, on the web that was free, um, and that I could find and just reference there, um, and went with my own creativity and stuff like that. Um, but after getting the DMG and the player's handbook and all that sort of stuff, like actually in my hands, it helps so much, <laughs> um, just to have it something quickly referenceable, um, you know, and actually have that there, but I'm not a rules lawyer DM. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in short. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, one of our, uh, well, your former coworkers, yeah. uh, was yeah. telling me today that, <laughs> uh, that his DM like runs everything raw. Yeah. Like just rules as written. Oof. And I'm like, oh man, I don't, 
Because like he was telling me like when they start a new campaign, they have to start at level one. Like yeah. his DM refuses to let them start at a higher level. I'm like, ooh, that's I mean, uh all right. Yeah, I mean, if you got to do what works for you and your group, yeah. um, namely if, that second part, like, yeah, and your group, yeah, like yeah. even the the DM is another player at the table, yeah, but and your opinions most definitely matter, but. Uh, so does the groups. Yeah, yeah. the group, you're, you're kind of outnumbered, so you got to listen to everybody and mm. make sure you're doing what makes as many people as possible have a our, good time. Our, our boss actually sent me an image the other day Yeah, uh, that was, it was like on Tumblr or something, and it says, I wish I could play a D&D game, but uh, <laughs> there, like there were no players and I just got to choose what to do. And then the next one was, I've been informed that this is writing a book. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, Allie, what is uh, wh- how, how important is knowing the rules for you? Rules are fourth edition. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's rules not that important. Um, <laughs> really, honestly, the only thing I ever say to my table literally is, "Okay, guys, remember rule number one: have fun." Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and if having fun means you forego fourteen checks, so that way your rogue can do a cool backflip and stab a giant in the back and slide all the way down and do this really awesome ending, yeah, that's gonna be cool. Yep. And so it's yeah. like he's gonna die anyways. May as well be cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like I'd I'd rather just have fun with the game because that's what's really neat about Fifth Edition is that it is lenient for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. There's like no other edition that really puts an emphasis on do what you think is best or it's like that's the DM to say or it's like ah let leave it up to them and it's like fourth edition would never do that they say if you want to know this answer refer to this book (laughs) and it's like you'd have to go become very much like a librarian understanding which book do i pull to find the answer to this one question that my player is having because i don't have the right to answer that in fifth edition you have every right to answer any question your players have and i 100 percent do that all the time like what evan was saying if my players are like uh i want to do this thing is that okay and i'm all like yeah, and I kind of do the classic alley DM hand wave of like saying, I'll figure that out later. <laughs> yeah. Go for it for now. Exactly. <laughs> um, going off of that, I, I want a yay or a nay out of this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fudging rolls. <laughs> yay. yay. All right. I'm glad we were all in a good That I did an episode about fudging rolls, and I was just like, it's totally fine. Don't feel bad about it. Just do it in both ways. Keep it balanced. Yeah. Literally, I got home, and the first tweet I saw was somebody's angry rant about how <laughs> fudging <laughs> is cheating. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. I guess we just have differing opinions. Yeah. The damn screen is there for a reason. It is. Yes. <laughs> uh, one, of, one of my favorite images is actually like there's this dam with this giant lake behind it in this tiny town. And the tiny <laughs> town says level one wizard. The dam says DM screen. And the lake is uh, nat 20. <laughs> 100%. That's good. Yep. Yeah, it's just yep. like, nah, he missed. <laughs> yep. No, you gotta, you gotta, uh, if number crunching is your, is your jam. That's totally cool. Just read like your players too, like if yeah. that's what they want to do too. I mean, Absolutely. like if that first encounter in Waterdeep is turns out to be a little more surprising than you thought, <laughs> you're gonna enjoy that DM screen. <laughs> I almost wish that at the the bookstore games we had run that opening encounter of Waterdeep, because oh my god, just like everyone's level one. Welcome to hell. <laughs> like that that first encounter, I've never read so many TPK stories on Reddit before. Mm-hmm. I'm it, unfamiliar with the story. Um, so I'm not gonna. It's not. I'm not gonna spoil it. But there is an encounter at the beginning of Waterdeep that it's made. It's a first level encounter 
Mm-hmm. But the enemy type that they put in there is just going to wreck your party. Like if you have okay. three level one players, it's it's going to be a TPK. Yeah, especially if you're especially if you're fresh. If this is the first campaign you've done, yeah, like that's the one that I see on Reddit all the time on the Dragon Heist subreddit. It's like, hey, I'm a new DM and I just TPK'd my party. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look and see what room they were in. Yeah. I know what room they were in. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, that, that was good. I feel, cool. feel like we got to know both of you a little yeah. bit more. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to hear my uh, answers to those in really poor audio quality, uh, you can go find the Dungeon Driver episodes. Um, but, Allie, we, uh, we, we got a, a DM's Guild Spotlight. Yes, we do. It is... Pretty much just the entire website right now. Well, it's not the entire website. <laughs> but it's what's plastered on the front of it. <laughs> yeah, they, they're doing a special because Avernus was released this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there is certain uh, supplements that they have found uh, that work well in the Descent into Avernus campaign. And some of them are on sale for, you know, such prices as $6.16 and 16 or sixteen sixty six, you know, just it's, things like that. Yeah, no reason whatsoever. We've yeah. already spotlighted one of them too that are on like the yes. front page. Yes, uh, Devil's Advocate uh, was our DM's Guild spotlight last week, and it is one of them. Um, and another one, the one uh, I was actually eyeing this previous week was uh, Taverns, Inns, and Tap Rooms in Hell. And the main reason why is because the cover of this. Evan's looking at it right now. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> so it's a giant four-legged demon yes. with a tavern on its back crawling over a lake of lava. From, from my perspective, cool. it looks like it has a square head, like it's a Minecraft demon or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds oh, really... Oh, yeah, okay. it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so there's some pretty cool stuff on there. Uh, if you're getting into Avernus this week and want some extra ideas for your own fun stuff, oh, definitely yeah. go check these out. There's some good sales on there. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure we're going to spotlight a couple of these, but I just wanted to bring to light that there is a big grouping of them right mm-hmm. now, and some of them are on sale. We're also going to retweet it, so go check our um, our Twitter account, at Difficulty Class. Um, you could probably find it quicker there than most. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, topic number two. We The three of us are here. Yes. And we three have been DMing games at a bookstore for several months now. Yeah. yeah. And... Yeah. We don't know everyone that shows up there. Nope. And sometimes that's weird. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, sometimes. <laughs> so DMing for strangers. Um, some pe- a lot of people get main mainly introduced this by being a DM in Adventure League. We aren't. Nope. Our main goal was to not be Adventure League. Yeah. I literally had no idea what Tier 3 was when someone asked me a couple yeah. months ago. They're like, is this a Tier 2 adventure? And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but no. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no idea anything Adventure League related. Yeah. I'm clueless. Yeah, well, we have we have a couple players that come that do Adventure League. Because it was funny, one week they played with us and then... Like someday during the week, I went to my local gaming store and it was Adventure League night, and I saw them there. Oh. And I walked over and I tapped the dad on the shoulder. I'm like, "So is it weird so, when your GM finds you with another GM?" Like, <laughs> they thought that was great. Um, so yeah, I, well, let, let, let's let's start this off with why it's weird. Why is it weird DMing for strangers? Um, there's a lot of unknowns. Personally, when you come into a table. Uh, that you've been playing with for a long time. You understand people's uh, limits. You understand people's ideas. You understand people, what they're comfortable with. You understand what how they like to play. I mean, like something that the DMG first off just says, oh, there are like three different type of players. With strangers, you don't know 
yeah. what kind of player they are at all. Yeah. And so personally for me, it's that unknown, <laughs> which I mean, they're strangers mm-hmm. and it's, it's makes it a little bit more tough, but there are ways to kind of go around that, but it's not knowing mostly what kind of player they are is kind of the tough part mm-hmm. for me. What, what, what about you, Evan? What, what do you find weird? Um, sometimes it's not knowing the players, but also more so for me, uh, is, uh, cause I'm a, I'm just kind of a weird dude. Um, really? so, yeah, <laughs> no, so, um, sort of being comfortable in my own space, um, and being who I am in front of a bunch of strangers that I don't know at, at, at our, uh, event at varying ages, um, is a little cumbersome for me to get over, but I find that the best tool is just to, just to get weird and, you know, just to be focused and, uh, really get into those, um, if you have like any characters or something that are just out there and ridiculous just go full dive into those mm-hmm. characters because it'll yeah. it'll sort of break the ice for everybody oh uh, mm-hmm. the first game that i did the, the one where like you got you didn't get scheduled for it for some reason yeah and i showed up for 12 people <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> some of the players were in a tavern and i talked about this dwarf that had had too many drinks and i just got up and started doing the dance <laughs> and these kids thought it was the best fucking thing yeah exactly no that is a perfect tool because i can't tell you how often I was playing a kobold during my second game I ever did for the bookstore. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, yeah. I, I went into the voice. I went into the, yeah. like, the, the mode. I like crouched down and all the kids were loving it. And the, the adults were too. They're like, mm-hmm. this is hilarious. And I'm like, oh, I'm glad because I'm just nervous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm terrified. Evan, had, glad you, you're had you ever DM'd for kids before this? No. No. <laughs> no the, uh, I had only DM'd for people my age. Um, and when I first started, uh, the youngest i think uh, i'd ever run a, run a game for through this event was like nine or ten ish mm-hmm. um and they had no experience with D D yeah. either so they didn't really know what was going on but um you just go full dive into into the absurdity that is D and you'll <laughs> well, be good i we i mean we've done a whole uh, like we did a whole episode on dming mm-hmm. with kids what would you say is something that you learned dming for those kids um go with the flow a little bit more because yeah that was something exactly what we said yeah yeah with uh because like we still get like a lot of a lot of younger kids who will come in and uh play in there like it's kind of hard i I remember (laughs) when i was that age it was super hard to stay focused on something for like several hours at a time um and they just get a little ridiculous and if they want to uh you know just run around and do something that makes no sense to what you have planned i still love the kid that's like i have a wwe wrestling fold-up chair that i hit (laughs) kobolds with and i'm like you know what yeah sure Sure. you do you do absolutely when, I, I remember one kid tried to argue with him about like, no, nah, no, nah, that's fine, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, like do go yeah, for it, do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when when I when I get into one of those games and there's people that I don't know, and like now it's getting a little bit easier because like we've seen these people several times, so they're yeah. a little less strangers and more like they're acquaintances now. Like, they, we, they're becoming regulars. Yeah, so. yeah. Like yeah. I at least know a few people's names. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I get someone who is like, I do not know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little, a little weird. Cause, and like, I try to be, I try to beat that weirdness by being like, Hey, I'm Trevor. I'm yeah, gonna be your DM. Exactly. What's your level of experience with D and D and stuff yep. like that. Yep. And, um, like I just try and like, 
fast forward that friend step at a party where it's like, yeah. we're not going to have the weird <laughs> idle chat, so yeah. I'm just going to overload you with information real yep. quick. <laughs> yep. And then we're, and we're friends now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, definitely that introduction is very important as well. Saying like, introducing yourself. Hi, I'm Evan or whatever your name mm-hmm. is. Um, uh, have you ever Hi, played Evan before? Or whatever your name is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the Orwa is my middle name. Whatever <laughs> your name is, the last name. Um, <laughs> but uh, just getting that introduction. Have you ever played before? Okay, that's all good. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. Uh, we'll get you there. Um, is important too. Yeah. The one of the, one of them that I did uh, a couple times. Uh, I I opened up the game with. Uh, all right, and just as a heads up, I am not Matt Mercer or Chris Perkins. <laughs> I am my own DM, so mm-hmm. please do not hold me to those expectations. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and yeah. and I do feel like that is sometimes an important thing to say. Yeah, uh, because really... like I know in the beginning we had a few people that showed up there was like I've only ever watched Critical Role. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and okay. I'm like that's awesome, and I'm, yeah, and I love that you got you want to get into the hobby, and that's how you did it. Yeah, just know. <laughs> I can't do 30 voices on the fly. <laughs> if I do, they're all going to be some form of a British accent, probably. <laughs> I mean, um, like, I think that's an important note, though, is that introductions are really key for strangers. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know what you guys do exactly at your tables, but I always start the game out with me saying, Hey, guys, I'm Allie. I'm going to be your DM for tonight. And if you guys don't know what that means, basically, you tell me what you want to do, and I can tell you how to do that. And then I pretty much have a go around the table, like clockwise or whatever, starting with person on my left, saying, just give me a mini spiel, tell me what your character's name is, what class they are, and like a one sentence descriptor. Like, oh, I'm a rogue, and it's like his name is Bill, and uh, he likes <laughs> to steal guy. things sometimes. Bill the rogue, good man. <laughs> good guy. And then you carry on. And so I've actually literally never gotten a name of any of my players. <laughs> I've only ever gotten names of characters. <laughs> That's good. And so, because throughout the entire game, I only refer to them as their character name. Yeah. And I do think that that is kind of an icebreaker, oddly enough. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm not calling you Evan at the table. You're, you know, Joe Schmo. I'm going to use Joe Schmo yeah. again. Uh, or, I'm Moog the ba- turtle. You are, yeah. <laughs> uh, or ba- uh, there was the dude, uh, I told this story a while ago, that uh, he was watching us play at the bookstore. I was like, do you want to play? He's like, no, I'm going to watch. And then 15 minutes later, he's at the table with the characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, all right, well, uh, your character usually has a name. It can be a made up one or it can be your name. And he goes, Charlie Sheen. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, every time since then, he's changed it. He's been Charlie Sheen, Robert Downey Jr. And uh, oh, God, dang it. The dude from Baywatch, the original one. I don't know. Uh, uh, Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> I walked over his table and Josh was DMing and I look at him and I'm just like, who are you this way? He goes, David Hasselhoff. I'm like, yes. Yeah, good man. <laughs> I just walked away. That's all I said. Yep. But like, I, I he, his demeanor changed when, like he sat down and he was like kind of nervous and stuff like that because he's sitting at a table full of people he doesn't know either. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so once he was like, oh, my character's Charlie Sheen. I'm like, cool, Charlie Sheen. I started calling him that. Yeah completely mellowed out completely felt comfortable where he was yeah Yeah. i mean Um, like i think it's really important that you kind of address strangers as their character's name mm -hmm. because 
for me personally, I know even when I'm playing with a group of people that I know and love for years, it takes me like two or three sessions to get into that character. Yeah. But yeah. like at these bookstore games or even at like Adventures League, you only get like that one shot. Yeah. And then the next time you're probably playing a different character or you're playing with a whole new group of people. Or you might be playing at Adventures League a whole other DM. Like yeah. even yeah. at our events, yeah. you might be playing with a different DM. And so yeah. it's like, I think addressing them as that character really, really helps them get into that mode of, I'm this character. Mm-hmm. And so it really, and it helps the kids too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the kids step less out of like the out of character arguing and mm-hmm. more into in character discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to do that. One of the kids at our games always comes with some like difficult to pronounce Roman or Greek character name. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I've like, had them too. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Dude, I love your imagination. I love your attention to history, but I cannot pronounce that. Yeah. No, I mean, like, constantly one of the girls, too, she's a huge fan of anime and manga, and so she comes in with yeah. very much, like, Japanese high school, like, character name. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. Just tell me how to spell it out so I can write it down. I just yeah. realized how terrible I would have been as a D&D player in high school, because that's that would have been me. It's like, ooh. God, what would what would my name be like? My name is Ichigo. Sora Amaro Ray. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's fine. Just let me know which one you Ich-go. want me to call you. Ichigo, oh, yeah, yeah. Drop that real quick. <laughs> and so it's like, I think it's really important to address like everyone. No, if <laughs> someone comes to my table and I'm like, "What's your kid in?" They go, "In you, Yasha." I'm like, "Out." <laughs> You take your tiny shards of a necklace and you get out. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be a Kensei monk. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, complete side note, by the way, speaking of anime and D&D. Um, the first game I ever ran, which was I was pulled in out of just nowhere as a, as a surprise Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right, yeah. Uh, this kid at job. the table, because I was describing, like, he was running to the other side of the room. And this kid was like, yeah, like, uh, there's this one show called Naruto. And it's like, and so I wanted to run yeah. and, and he was like, I'm like, kid, did you just tell me like, there's this one show called Naruto and I'm like, they're like, does he think that nobody knows what that is? Did, did he, oh, we know. Did he do the run? Yeah. He wanted he, to run like arms that. out. Yeah. And just... So I, I adjusted very quickly describing how he was running and he was like, yeah, that's perfect. I'm like, cool. As long as you're happy. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> So I think it's really important to, to that's one way to help ease the stranger yeah. the strangers at your table and you well, yeah, into like, that yeah. playing is you're addressing them as their characters. Like, yeah. Yeah, we did kind of focus this at the beginning, like it's awkward for us, yeah. but it's also awkward for them. Yeah. Like they don't know me either. Yeah. And so like, yeah, getting some sort of comfortableness with that person quickly is important. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise it's just kind of like I, like I, I have seen the one reason why I didn't want our stuff to be like Adventure League yeah. was because like I've I've watched some from afar. Like I'll be at a game store and like you know I'm looking around. I'll stop and watch what's going on, and it legit seems like there's a brick wall standing there delivering them a campaign, yeah. and then a bunch of brick walls sitting there and telling the other wall what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, bunch of that doesn't look. Why, uh, why aren't any like get into it, man? Like yeah. you're here. Let's let's do it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying all Adventure League is like that. If you're an Adventure League DM and your games are like that, I'm not talking about you, but it, it happens. And like, yeah. that's something the three of us have talked about and been like, we want this to be a different thing. We want this to be an introduction into D&D. We yeah. want to get you in mm-hmm. there and, you know, 
get you to see why we love this hobby and why you should as well. Yeah. And I feel like going in with that sort of attitude to it instead of just... Like, if I came to that store with the attitude, like, oh, I'm going to play D&D. Yeah, it'd be a lot different. It'd probably be a lot more, like, narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least more than it already is. Um, but, like, yeah, I go there because I'm like, I want these people to have fun. And I want to get them to love this game more than they did when they got in here. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Join, and join the community. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think getting that that some level of familiarity with each other in a quick way is a good thing to do yeah. DMing for strangers. Yeah. I mean, like, you start out as strangers, but hopefully by the end of it, it's like... Oh, yeah, no, yeah. like, like <laughs> if that dude that, that was like, I'm Charlie Sheen, if he had been like, hey, do you want to hang out? I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude, you're cool, let's do this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah like i i i like doing that like i ha i have my level of antisocial like introvertness yeah. Yeah. and it is hard for me sometimes to go there and throw it away but like you you gotta you gotta put on that customer service face mm -hmm. as yeah. a dm yeah. yeah um but that's not always gonna be like your reason why you're dming for strangers like mm -hmm. i know um uh, my old co-workers um when i dm'd for them last time one of them brought their friend i never met him Mm -hmm. And so I met this dude for the first time at the table and it went really well because, because I had done all these games at the bookstore, I knew how to like say hi to him, how to introduce myself, tell him what's going on yeah. get him into the game. And he, he and I meshed really well in the game. Yep. I mean, what a concept, D&D &D helping bring people together. I know. Weird. I know. That, that's the funniest <laughs> thing for me is that, like, D&D's, like, uh, stigma is that, like, oh, it's just, you know, it's an anti-social game. And stuff. like, it is the most social game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I Constantly talking to people. <laughs> started. I started the, the event um, with one of my amazing managers um, who, le who let me he's do He's not this. listening. It's okay. <laughs> let, no, I, still, I just think he's a great person. Yeah, and no, he, he, is. Uh, he is. Just let me do D&D &D at work. And I was yeah. like, awesome. Um, but it, it's started with like five to seven people and it's grown like into the we had 40 tens, people 40. Last time. yeah yeah and and in like just over a year or something like that and so like what an amazing game yeah you can bring together like a community oh i know uh, just to roll dice and have fun yeah like that's the, so cool i i never thought like when we started well when you started this and then when i came on yeah like I was, I just had the thought, I'm like, oh, well, maybe there'll sometimes be enough people for me to, like, DM a game, but, you know, I'll just go, and if yeah. you, there's not enough, I'll just play an Evan's game, whatever. Mm -hmm. And now it's to the point where it's just like, oh, my God, how are we going to fit all of these people in here? <laughs> we need another table. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't believe that. And thank you yeah. for, you know, yeah, having yeah. the courage to bring that up and do that, because, like, yeah. literally, yeah, we're, we're carrying this torch for you, but you're the one that led it. Yeah. yeah. Thank so, you for doing the for keeping it going yeah like, you're all, like oh you're yeah 100 i think i think what's going on is a great thing and i'd love to see more places besides game stores do that yeah mm -hmm. uh, because there is something great about dming for strangers and just playing in a game with strangers yeah. and not having the pressure of adventurely or a campaign mm -hmm. or any kind of thing yeah. like that going like on tight set yeah. there's no rules yeah. that's keeping you in there. like not a lot of commitment because mm -hmm. i can i can preach to someone who doesn't play till the the sun comes up mm -hmm. but no matter what story i tell them it doesn't give them the idea of what it is to play yeah, yeah right 
And that's and that's why like every time I I hear somebody's uh, my friend or somebody's friend of a friend say yeah. like oh I've always thought about it. I'm like come play yeah it, there's no pressure just sit down yeah. we'll give you a character sheet we'll give you dice we'll give you dice I'll <laughs> yeah. pull out my crown royal bag that I try not to show to children holds <laughs> a lot of dice yeah, we'll, we'll play some D and D yeah um but yeah you, you guys got anything else on playing with D and D with strangers um. Have you guys, okay, because you guys have been doing it a little bit longer than I have, have you ever come across a point where you noticed that someone was uncomfortable with the direction the campaign was going or like the one shot or yeah. uncomfortable with oh, really? something another yeah. player was doing? Yeah, so I I did a one shot uh, that was kind of like a uh, battle royale type deal. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. They got to play as monsters and then as their characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool. Um, but it was a little, it was a little... I'm a little ambitious when I make my stuff and I make it too complicated. Um, but anyway, there was a point where uh, in the in the combat, um, a bunch of the other players uh, decided to team up because uh, they're buddies outside of the game or whatever and go against this one other player. And this one other player got really upset and uh, uh, was like, I hate this. I, I'm not having fun. Um, this isn't fair and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, um, here's what I'm going to do. And what I ended up doing... Um, was I just I talked to him about it a little bit and then uh, I had some in-game things kind of help him out a little bit mm-hmm. his, help his character out a little bit not in like a cheating way but in a way that would sort of make him feel like he had more um, autonomy and power to sort of uh, confront the thing yeah the, the thing so he so, wasn't yeah. powerless just having to accept what was going on right? yeah, he, yeah yeah he didn't have to just accept like four other players beating his character up yeah so he he had a little bit uh, and then after the game it's also important to to be like hey thanks i know that kind of sucked for a bit there um but thank you for like sticking it out you know yeah. and, like mm-hmm. uh, well and, and that's, the that's the other thing like DMing for strangers at at these events and stuff like it isn't always going to go okay yeah, that, yeah. that's that's kind of the nature of the beast like that's also nature of the beast with D D in general mm-hmm. not every session is going to be a winner yeah mm-hmm. but yeah it is it, when you're doing it as a one shot for people you don't know or even people you barely know like doing something to get that level of excitement back up because at the end of the day that's why you're there is to have fun and stuff i think mm-hmm. is a lot more forgiving than when you are in a campaign where it's just yeah. like yeah well that's what happened <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh in in my own campaign at home there have been times where uh like we set up signals or something uh to say like hey i'm uncomfortable or like let's take like a 10 minute yeah oh, no, those, okay. that actually the reason why i brought this up is because yeah, i want to talk about that yeah um i think it was even in the just this last week's episode of critical role there was a very important moment between like Ashley who's on the show and Matthew Mercer. Mm-hmm. And there was this huge thing and people were reacting to the combat that was going on. And Matt Mercer just looked at her winked and she looked at him and smiled and nod. And he's like, okay, cool. And he gave her a thumbs up. That was a symbol between friends saying, mm-hmm. is this okay for us to keep going with this? Are you okay with this plan? And she said, mm-hmm. yeah, this works. That's an established communication between yeah. like, nearly lifelong friends yeah. who really know each other <laughs> and so like having be able to do that with strangers like taking the time like you asking the kid like or whoever the, maybe not a kid but just asking them okay you're not having fun let's try to readjust this yeah because that's an important thing when you are dealing with strangers is to make sure that one they are having fun but also they're 
comfortable with the game that you're playing because like these are their characters that Mm -hmm. they built and if you're just kind of like rolling with it sometimes you roll a little too hard and (laughs) you gotta make sure that what you're trying to do is okay with them yeah and i mean like we obviously run a bookstore game situation that have a lot of kids so None of us are going to prepare a game that come across with a lot of crazy elements that yeah. are uncomfortable. Nope. No, like the number yep. one rule I was told by our boss was uh, nothing inappropriate, no yep. drinking, stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, yep. like when it comes to at least no character drinking, yeah, you gotta watch that line because yeah. you can easily find yourself in a position where it's like. Uh, no, your players are uncomfortable now because you've set up this setting without knowing that you're doing that. Yes. And yeah, doing that with um, w- having some kind of thing that you could say at the beginning, just like, hey, if at any time you're uncomfortable or anything like that, doing something, that's a good idea and something I think we should talk about at like our next mm-hmm. meeting for doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that can happen. And I yeah. mean, we did a whole episode on uncomfortable topics and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you don't, again, you don't know everybody there, so you don't know what they're, what might upset them or not. What yeah. they've been through, yeah. Yeah. And if you are planning on DMing for, like, Adventures League or what have you, or plan- DMing for strangers on a weekly basis like us, mm-hmm. I don't know how you get in that position, but good on you if you do. I don't know how I got in this position. <laughs> the but, power of d Yeah. Um, I did retweet through our uh, Twitter channel, uh, I think last week, about this wonderful free, uh, like, um, PDF that talks about consent in gaming. I know. I think I know the exact one you you yeah. were talking about because I found it recently too. And it's actually a really good PDF. I was reading through it just today too. And at the end, there's this really neat checklist that you can kind of go through and make sure that you're kind of following along the lines of like things generally people would be okay with, and making sure that you're checking on your even your normal players that you play with every week. People could be holding stuff in because they're worried that it's going to ruin the fun, but in reality, it's really uncomfortable for them. Yeah. Yep. Every now and then, check out uh, people that aren't strangers. <laughs> I think I think we should definitely download that and bring that with us next time so we can figure it yeah. out. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Evan just yeah. showed me it. Yeah, yeah that's cool. the what, one. What is it called? Uh, RPG Consent Checklist. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. actually, it's it's a full PDF too, and it's really cool to check out. But I'll, I'll retweet it again and talk them up because it is a really good uh, article. Yeah, it's cool. If you're going to be, if you're, or even like you want to start a campaign mm-hmm. and you've just pulled these random people together from like your school or something hand that out to them yeah. um and they can keep it anonymous if they want to yeah. and that way you just got have it. a good idea of what's going on uh, i got it it's consent and gaming by sean k reynolds and shauna germain yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh wait i think i know shauna oh really not, i don't know her but i think i think she <laughs> yes. works uh i think she works for uh, uh monty cook games uh yes. she works yeah, yeah she's the one that wrote the numenera book yes she's fantastic I yeah love it's her. from them awesome yeah she's, thank you both yeah she's one of the best people in the rpg community yeah so definitely awesome. if you're considering running anything for strangers or if you just want to i don't know help out your friends that you've been playing with every week and yeah. reevaluate kind of like how you take on this role-playing game because that's what it is in the end it's role-playing yeah <laughs> things do change take out take a look at this pdf because it's, it's really a good read too well i that that was good i like that that yeah i think that was a good topper for that yeah. uh so uh we're gonna move into our listener question okay, we're, gonna do, we're gonna do one of them we, we are we are running further than we <laughs> thought we would as, as per we told evan before this <laughs> How long do you guys usually go for? Well, we try to go for this. You but... told me to talk, so I'm talking. Yeah, no, this has been this has been a great one so far. So let, let's see what we can get out of this one. So Dallas writes in. Hello, Dallas. How you doing? Uh, he says so. I'm having some difficulty. Parentheses class. 
<laughs> Dallas, this is why you and I are friends. Um, uh, with distribution of information, not important information or story progression information, but descriptive information. For example, if an evil mage has a tattoo on his or her head or his or her staff is adorned with ancient runes, uh, if it's not immediately noticeable but has some significant meaning, uh, what do you uh, do to give out that critical information? Well, quote-unquote critical information. Uh, would, you present, uh, the de- would you present the description uh, in all its detail or uh, to the players but explain their, char- explain their characters do not see slash have this information? Um, goes into a few more things, but I think we get the gist of what he's talking yeah. about. Yeah. First off, no, don't do that last one. Uh, don't I really try not to do the whole like. All right, player this knowledge. is player knowledge. Don't play with yeah. that though. Yeah. yeah. Um, personally, for me, I find ways in their movement. Like if it's something about that, then I do something in their movement because I, I gave the example before we started the show of this. Like I had a character in a game, an NPC that. She had a ring on that had a tracker on her. Yeah. It was a Star Wars game. And when the two players met her, she was uh, she was talking. They were asking her questions. And Kyle's character asked her something that kind of made her hesitate for a second. And I, and I just did this, what seemed like a natural tick of her fiddling with a ring on her finger. Mm. And I just started, she fills with this ring that's got this red gem on her finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had her answered. And then later on... You know, they're trying to escape, and Kyle goes, Wait a minute, let me see that ring. And he takes it, does a check, finds that there is a find, he found the tracker in it, threw it out the ship. Yeah. And it was because I gave, just gave that little bit of detail in her natural movement that ticked him off to it. Yeah. Um, But how do you guys do this? Generally, if it's something that you need to give the characters, don't make it a check. Because a check means that there's a chance of them not seeing it. If you, the DM, want them to see it, just tell them. Yeah. Like, say, um, these zombies have triangles tattooed on their forehead. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, don't make it a check because, like, that's not necessarily pertinent information yeah. that's going to come up in a quiz later. It's just yeah. a clue that they'll find along the way. Um, but if it's, like, cool lore information, too, that you <laughs> want to just give them... <laughs> Again, don't make it a check because if there's a check, then there's a chance that it won't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, you, that I just I just tell them. Yeah, like the times it could be a check, like the example he gave with the staff with runes on it. You mm-hmm. could say, uh, and they're holding a staff with runes etched into it. Someone at the table might go, "Well, what do the runes say?" Then you could do the perception. Oh check. yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it's something that you don't quite want them to know, and there's a chance that they might not, that would be an easy way to do it. But yeah, if you want. If you want them to have, like, if that, say that mage had a connection to an overarching story about dragons, you could say, uh, and they're clutching a staff etched with draconic runes. Yeah. And it's not weird to say it like that. Yeah. It's just how you're describing it. But then that instantly connects them to, like, the overarching point. And it's like, yeah. and uh, they don't tell, you don't tell them what the runes mean. You don't have to come up with that at all. It just tells them that little bit of information that is key. Mm-hmm. Or even just crucial quote. <laughs> What about you, Evan? What do you do with this stuff? Um, essentially, what Ali said, um, if it's pertinent information um, that you can just put in as a description, mm-hmm. then just add it as a description as extra flavor for that character or that place or that thing. Um, I'm one of those DMs, I'm sorry to my players, who hides like a shitload of like lore and information behind <laughs> pretty much everything. Um, 
and <laughs> you have your own destiny grimoire yeah. go to this oh, website God. and you can learn about my game dude <laughs> you don't know how accurate you are no. <laughs> um but if it's one of those things that's like very important um absolutely tell your players um yeah. especially if they have those passive scores that are high enough or like <laughs> if they have that if that, that is a good thing to say yeah if yeah. you have a character that's like a 17 passive wisdom at level one i'm looking at you garrett um <laughs> you yeah totally be like oh garrett you notice those runes are draconic yeah 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 oh, and then and then that opens up the conversation that player can then be like oh those are draconic runes anybody know that and then mm-hmm. it becomes more of a team thing and you're all invested in that uh, yeah in that mystery um now what would you guys say that this is something that like took you time to learn how to do Yes and no, because I definitely remember starting with doing a ton of checks when mm-hmm. I didn't need to. But that kind of yeah. harkens back to us talking about when to do checks. Well, see, that's yeah. almost better because um, I would just forget to do it. Yeah. I would forget. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, yeah. And then it turns out that he was actually this. Like, how? What, when was that? I'm like, oh, well, didn't I mention that his skull had this, like, flaming thing? And I'm like, no. I'm like, oh. oh, shit. Yeah, something that I would say that is really good practice for you, especially if you're, you want to describe key elements to a villain or what have you practice describing everything they get in contact with like if yeah. it's a room describe the room that they go into even if it's a small room like oh you go in a room that's kind of barren but has a, a open door and it's like okay well you go to the next room and there's like three skeletons they're like white and they have they're kind of bigger so they look like maybe they were like old dragonborn skeletons yeah. so it's like you kind of start describing things better if you do it but no. the warning I'll give you on that is don't over-describe. Oh, God, yeah. Because don't write a novel every single yeah. room you go into. <laughs> I, I would say um, there, there, um, there's a piece of advice I heard in writing of, like, when you're world-building, only ask three questions deep. Yeah, yeah you just held up the three mm-hmm. fingers. Like, yep. And do that with your descriptions. Like, you get into a room. There's an open door. There's dead bodies. There's vines on the wall. Then you can go three more into each one of those, and mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's as far as you go. Like, the door is uh, cracked. The lock is broken and it's moldy. I don't know. The yeah. corpses, uh, they're uh, dr- they're dragonborn. They have armor yep. and there's holes in their chests. The vines, they're weird. I don't fucking know. I'm down <laughs> to shit. But like, only go that far into stuff and limit yourself to those so you're not over describing things because then your players are going to get so muddled in the description that they yeah. don't be like, was yeah. the gem important or was the tattooing on his chest? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And to bring that back to the, the wizard staff or whatever, that's pick three things about that person. Mm-hmm. He's got a staff with runes on it. He's got a head with tattoos. And he looks uh, unhappy. Uh, <laughs> I don't he know. looks constipated. He, he needs coffee. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, something, something like that. So... Um, and then if they want to pursue an element further, then you can give more detail behind like a check or something, mm-hmm. like you said. Um, he does have one extra thing here. Is like, what yeah. if uh, the info isn't critical? Uh, you provide a clear, more detailed description of enemies to your player uh, with the understanding that their characters can't see it. So like basically, like I think he's asking like, how do you balance it? Like there isn't. There's this critical information. And then there's non-critical information. And I think the way to balance it's like that... the meta of it, where it's like the only things you're describing are the things that are important. Yeah. So, and that's kind of why it's good to get into the habit of describing everything like that. Yeah. So that 
you know, if you're just like, oh yeah, and then you walk into a room, there's some zombies. All right, you fight them. All right, you go into another room, it's a lab, you know? and then you go into the next room, and it's littered with treasure, and some yeah. of it is etched with these. <laughs> it's like, I mean, okay, yeah. then we know something's up. Yeah, that's kind of one of the problems with block texts too, is that it's like yes. you get into countless rooms throughout this entire dungeon, and then all of a sudden, this one room has block text. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, oh, well, there's something peculiar about this room, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of like when you're in a video game and like you walk into the room and it cuts to a cutscene. I'm like, oh, I'm sure everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's, everything's it's like the past great. three rooms have been I mean, just regular, but this one's gonna be fine. I passed three jars of healing potion, and now there's a cutscene. I'm sure everything's yeah, fine. Oh, and then it just auto saved. Cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. 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 cool, cool, Can't go back. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, door yeah. locked. Everything's fine. Cool. Sweet. Yeah, so definitely, I would practice. Just try yeah. to describe. generally things instead of trying to be like this is like a weird thing for me to like say like suggest because like I do writing in my off time and stuff like that but when I'm doing descriptions I'm in writer brain because in writer brain the way that I'm thinking is no one can see what's in my head yeah (laughs) I need people to see what's in my head so Mm -hmm. I find the best things to describe so that they get this image as well but you don't have to worry about the little things like you can say a wood table. You don't have to say a wood cedar table that was sanded recently. Yeah. Like, you yeah. don't have to go into that much detail. You can say wood table, they picture it. It doesn't matter if it's round, square, or whatnot. Unless it yeah. is, then describe that part. Yeah. If it's not important, don't worry about the shape. A good tip for new DMs is uh, use a little sticky note and write the five senses on it. And yeah. so that way yeah. it reminds you, it's right there on the board. If they enter a new place, just quickly look at that sticky note and go, oh, yeah. Describe what it's in. What what do I what can I say? Uh, the air smells musty in here. Um, it's it's like the jungle is very humid, and it's like you can well, go on through that. I, I actually recommend doing a sixth sense, which is magic. Yeah. Because like oh yeah yeah like especially in, in fantasy stuff, yeah. yeah like having that moment where players walk in, you tell the wizard like oh you feel something funky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In in yeah. my campaign um, books are very very important some, some specific books are very important and the players had to go and find them and once they've actually found one of them and decided to try to open it only the spellcasters in the room felt just like this electric air around them and just felt like oh, something yeah, something changed yeah um so there's absolutely include like a sixth sense for like spellcasters or someone who is more in tune with nature like a ranger or a druid something's not right about the birds aren't chittering. Yeah, mm-hmm. like even like if that. their yeah, passive yeah, is yeah, lower, yeah. like they yeah. would pick up that something was going off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I like that. That's yeah. that's great environmental storytelling for mm-hmm. that. I love that. And if you want to go one step further with the senses or describing rooms, you can anthropomorphize. I think that's the word. Um, a specific <laughs> element that you think is important um, while you're describing the rest of the room, that will kind of give like it'll add to the atmosphere or it'll add to the interest in that specific thing once you are describing everything so like, what what how would you do that like give an example like what you would do with that um so are you familiar with the, the word uh, lugubrious no no <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's just a recent example that came to mind because uh, a friend of mine told me about it um you know who you are um about a book <laughs> they're reading um and how the author described um uh oh. I forget the name of the author. I'll come up with it. Forgive it's me. It's okay. Um, but the main characters were like soaking wet from some sort of water. Um, <laughs> and they were all wearing cloaks and uh, the, their cloaks were described as uh, dripping lugubriously upon the pavement or something okay. like that. And lugubrious means 
depressed or sad or the embodiment Aww. of sadness. Oh, okay, okay. So you're so <laughs> yeah. like you, um. Uh, God, yeah, I know what you're saying with this. Yeah. Like the give wind it... is howling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's a better, the a better example. The door is screaming <laughs> as it opens yeah. on its hinges. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. The... Uh, give it some kind of like analogy and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, make um, it a little bit more human. Yeah, so you can you can the... empathize with it. I I vividly remember in high school. Try, like a teacher trying to teach me how to write that I was like I don't get this and now like every time I'm sitting down and writing and do one of those I'm just like D.H. Trevor's stupid <laughs> uh, yeah no doing stuff like that is a really good one um, and it it gives you a mood and impression in one word yeah. and but still gives you the description of what's going on because yeah it's mm-hmm. like the wind is howling like I don't have to say the wind is so blowing so hard that it is just throwing things around so yeah. you know what they mean yeah. Yeah. or it's like you could even if you're in a dungeon and you enter a room and you say there's the whisper of a wind on your neck yeah, yeah. ooh that cool. means there's ooh. air coming ooh. from somewhere I don't somewhere. like that yeah there's, and there's it's a mild breeze blowing softly me right coming now. at you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well uh, Dallas I hope that uh, answers your question and uh, gives you a little bit of uh, a <laughs> A little bit of advice on there. Also yeah. remember that this is, again, something that comes with expertise, or not expertise, with experience. Yeah. And yeah. I know you're doing that, and you drew that first map. I saw it on Twitter. Looks really good. Yeah. I'm pointing at a mic. You're not the <laughs> mic. I'm pointing at you. Um, yeah, so just don't freak out about it right now. It's something that will come to you. Maybe some of this will help advance that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, just, uh, just keep doing it. You 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 got it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say here in listener questions is, Aaron, thank you for that novel. We are slowly oh reading it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am so excited to go through that. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Allie is ecstatic. And also, I guess, thank you for those participation trophies. <laughs> That's what I started a podcast for. Um, Evan, thank you for being on. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Thank I'm, you guys for having me. I'm glad I'm glad we were able to do this because, like, yeah, we were even talking a while ago. It was like, hey, Evan's leaving. Like, we should try and get him on the podcast. And then you were like, hey, can I be on? Perfect. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you, you were great on here. Mm-hmm. I, thank I you. think you, thank you added a lot of good stuff to it. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for your perspective and everything, too. Yeah, and for absolutely. starting up, you know, the whole bookstore. Oh, yeah, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe that little thing yeah. is a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, small thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am glad that you are both who you are and that you are <laughs> going you'll be taking the torch from me and i know it's going to go in a good direction yeah. so and yeah. obviously like yeah, anytime you come back it. we got we'll we'll sit out table for you sick mm-hmm. or a chair if you yeah, want to be yeah. a player and not <laughs> we'll see much work. we'll see um, but yeah thank you thank you mm-hmm. uh you, you got you got anything you want to say anything you got anything you want to plug i don't know if you got stuff to plug uh um, can it be not D related yeah sure okay uh love each other and also love the planet Try, yeah. to re- try to recycle a little bit more, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Don't throw your D&D books in yeah. <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> recycle them. <laughs> yeah, or like give them to like the someone down the street who want, uh, likes them or whatever. But exactly. Anyway, yeah. No, that's, that's good advice. I like that. Yep. All right. Well, that was our show for this week. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support it, the best way to do that is by leaving a review on your service of choice, as well as telling your friends about the show. If you'd like your questions, advice, or stories read on the show, send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass and on Instagram at difficultypodcast. So, until next week, don't get killed by a distracted driver not using their blinker. Oh my god. (laughs) 